I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, recorded in the Living Kitchen Studio. The summer months always seem to drag on for me. I think that's because I'm laser-focused on the fall. I absolutely love the fall. And you're listening to this now, and this is my favorite season. And for so many reasons, not the least of which are the design-focused events that happen around Southern California. This is why I started the Design Influencer Series. Uh, We started it in May, and we've already held three amazing events. Actually, four, but I haven't published the fourth one yet. This uh, This was the third in this ongoing series. And the topic, as we approach fall, was collecting an organization, which I, I think is, is always relevant year-round. But this was a great group, um, and I was really excited about attacking the subject matter. The Marie Kondo craze has taken full effect. And to be quite honest with you, I'm not really sure how I feel about it, so I wanted to ask the professionals. This gathering was held at the Ornari showroom on Beverly Boulevard in West Hollywood. The idea was a bit overwhelming for me, and imagine that it is for, for many of you as well. Folding, purging, clearing out your stuff, and not collecting more. It seems like a foreign concept, right? Because we always want something fresh and new, and we like collecting. We're a, we're a consumer society. Design is based on curating things and stuff, isn't it? Maybe? Well, so anyway, I wanted some ideas from this amazing group of professionals, and we're going to get to them in just a second. Um, I'm going to tell you who was there first, because it was amazing. Uh, Jason Lai from L2 Interiors, Lori Dennis, Ava Sobeski, Brian Wickersham, uh, Christopher Mercier, Joseph Spear, Jeff Valenson, Linnea Schweiders, Stephanie Lees, also from L2 Interiors. This was an amazing group, and you're going to hear from each and every one of them in a little bit. But first, I wanted to share some of the findings from this gathering. It was amazing to hear what this distinguished group of creatives think about the concept of self-edit, clutter, organization, and accumulation of stuff. The stuff culture and the art of the edit. Ours is a society built on things, right? If one has many things, one requires many places to house and store one's things. For many reasons, this is changing. It has to change. Climate change is affected by overproduction, overdevelopment, overdelivery, and overconsumption. How does a designer who favors maximalism operate in a world favoring less? It, it seems they edit more. It's almost more work for them. Uh, they edit more than they have in, in the past. The edit has always been part of the design process. It's always been an asset to those creatives who could honestly create using all their skills and still walk a few ideas back afterwards. That no longer appears to be a luxury. Collecting versus clutter. Boy, this is a big one, right? There's a difference between the non-purposeful accumulation of things and a curated collection of objects. The former is what happens to most of us through the course of our lives. A thing here, an article of clothing there, and before you're even aware, it has led to the destruction of your space's harmony and peace. The key to Marie Kondo's philosophical approach to decluttering lies in the ability to be honest and to self-edit with purpose. How many of us can really do that? For ourselves, let alone for our clients, maybe it's easier 
doing it for your clients. Yet another proposition for the design and architecture community to weigh in on. Designer and architect roles are greater than ever before. Traditional roles for designers and architects to create spaces and places are changing rapidly due to a litany of factors that all emanate from the changing definition of home and what functionality we require of our space. We live in a consumer-based society and a trend has emerged that challenges the very notion of what we buy and why we buy it. The idea of buying, not simply to consume or keep up with the Joneses. Editorial note. Those quote-unquote Joneses, and I am air-quoting vigorously and aggressively, can't stand them, but they are real. We all know them, and whether real or imagined, there is a strong urge to keep up with the latest in style and design, fashion, etc. As long as wealth continues to serve as an outward barometer of success, buying the latest, whatever it is, will be in vogue. Designers, you have more say now than ever before what money shows or doesn't. It's a big responsibility. Use it wisely. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond, a family-owned and operated company serving the Southern California design and architecture community for over 70 years. 70 years of fantastic service and amazing products like those from Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove. Another family-owned and operated company serving designers for over 70 years with innovative design and stunning good looks that all work together seamlessly. Like the Pro 48 Refrigeration, it's an absolute game-changer. Sculpted metal design that is a culinary secret weapon. Dual refrigeration that properly separates humid refrigeration and dry for frozen and convenience foods and keeps everything fresher longer. This is an aggressive design statement from handles to hinges with every detail considered and sculpted to absolute perfection, including the glass door option, which is just gorgeous. Now, pair the Pro 48 with a Wolf vacuum seal drawer, the ultimate food preservation companion. See how this works? The folks at Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove work tirelessly to give designers and architects the products they need to design amazing kitchens. Kitchens that allow homeowners to be the absolute best they can be in the kitchen of their dreams. The kitchen that you designed. And right now, thanks to the Grand Kitchen event, how about three years of extra protection or a $1,000 rebate? These offers are only for a limited time and conditions apply, so take control and get all the details. To see the full line of Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove products, go to any of the three Los Angeles area Snyder Diamond showrooms. You can also see the living kitchen in the Pasadena and Santa Monica Snyder Diamond showrooms. Experiences over things. <sighs> Boy, this is a big one. There is an ever-strengthening desire for experience over things to define who we are. Experiences define the individual, and designers and architects define the space for showcasing those experiences. It's an era of who we are over what we have in many cases, and designers, decorators, and architects are experimenting new ways to replicate some experiences in an individual construct. Exciting times, for sure, at the same time. Important to note the thoughts of one designer who said, quote, create a space and curate it for the client, not Instagram, end quote. Very true. Editor's note, 
it feels to me as though the advent of social media isn't all bad. And I say all bad, meaning most of it probably is. Social media serves as a show and tell where we can display proof of our excursions and our, our experiences in a, in a quantifiable setting, a setting suitable for feedback from our social networks. We get the validation we seek, not from buying something, but from an experience that instead of adding to the popularity of what was bought and shown, is another chapter in the story of us. Experience seems to have overtaken the t-shirt bobble or item as the method of showcase for adding to your story. And the currency for that is a thumbs up, a like, or a, uh, a well-meaning emoji. It's interesting, though, to, to try to navigate the waters here and try to figure out what has more value, an experience or a thing that was obtained during the experience. I don't know. I'll let you decide. Getting to know your clients. <sighs> Boy, clients have so much more access to new sources of design talent. There's a new and exciting digital world with new opportunities and sometimes the excitement of new beats out the comfort of familiar. The time has come to get to know and understand clients on a deeper level. This means understanding not just what they like, why they like it, but also how, they, how liking this might be affected by outside factors. This isn't endorsing the idea that you must be besties with your clients. Far from it. It means that understanding their true desires on a deeper level will help creatives retain their clients and become truly indispensable. This came up in conversation many times while exploring the idea of organization, storage, and design. I found that really interesting. If designers and architects can understand the true thoughts and desires of their clients, they can edit on behalf of their clients and get rid of excesses in the design process. That service of editing out potential excesses is a remarkable added value to the clients, don't you think? Editor's note, when I first published Convo by Design seven years ago, many in the industry would tell me about great friendships with clients. Those friendships led to return business and word-of-mouth business. We're at a crossroads. There is still a desire to maintain strong relationships with clients, yet clients have more opportunities than ever before to seek out new designers who might have a different perspective on client preferences. They can price you elsewhere with ease, easier than ever before, that's for sure. I published an episode featuring Bunny Williams recently. It was recorded at LCDQ's Legends event. Bunny suggested that designers not feel as though they must be friends with all their clients. Be the professional advisor first. Being that professional advisor means helping your clients make tough decisions. Those tough choices ultimately make your clients' lives better, more enjoyable. And they can do that whether you're their best friend or not. And if that experience, rather, if the friendship can survive that experience, eh, they might make pretty good friends after all. The Marie Kondo effect has brought out strong emotions, both for and against her ideas, which means it's a perfect philosophical conversation to have, don't you think? Only you can decide how much is too much. As a designer, your clients look to you for guidance. This presents a phenomenal opportunity to have the conversation. The top five most important issues affecting shelter design creatives in a KonMari world. 
these are the five ideas that, that really emanated from, from this conversation. Number five, the ability to strategically edit is a skill to be treasured. Number four, there is a difference between curated collecting and consumerist clutter. Number three, designers and architects have a greater role now. They must create a more seamless approach based on personality and less on objects alone. Number two, clients value experiences now over things more than ever before. And number one, probably most important, really, get to know your clients for not just who they are, but by what made them who they are and what they want to be. If you do that, your creativity can express that in your design. And that is truly special. Now a little bit from the designers who, uh, who attended this particular Design Influencer Series event held at the Arnare Showroom on Beverly in the West Hollywood Design District. First up is L2 Interiors, Jason Lai. Hi, my name is Jason Lai. I'm with L2 Interiors in Santa Monica. I was recently on Best Room Wins, which I won the show. But I'm here today to talk about trendy and trends. Um, I've been really thinking about this as a designer and, you know, trendy is a bad word. Just because it's trendy doesn't mean it's just now. It's not going to last. But on trend is actually something that's always going to come back. So think of fashion because fashion and interior design is kind of goes key to key. In trend in 80s are now coming back and never really stopped. It's still always tre on trend. It just got forgotten a little bit. Same thing goes with design. It's never forgotten. Just like the classic subways, the brass, the finishes that you get. Those are the type of things that are never going to go out of style. I think what's really important now these days and people need to know about is that just because you can get things fast doesn't mean the quality is going to be good. Like things that you go on Amazon Prime and get. Yes, it might be cheap, but you have to understand that that's going to last you maybe two years and you're going to have to replace it. And going back to Marie Kondo, replacing things are death, you know, like you don't want to replace things. You only want to get rid of things and things that bring you joy. So maybe stop shopping online and buying just because it's, ex it's less expensive to buy that just to fill your soul now. Like look at it a little bit furthermore, like trend, like it's always going to be on trend. Trending means you like it. It, may, it might go away for a little bit, but it'll come back just like the fashions in the 80s. And I think another big thing now, these days people are focusing on, is uh, lifestyle. You look at people that are doing meditation more often. You're looking at like floating pods. People are starting to do things more for themselves, which is great because people are starting to get and see what they, who they really are before approaching a designer. And if they don't, as a designer, we have to educate them. We have to educate them that yes, Things you see do bring you joy, but also it's not all realistic. You have kids sometimes, you might have a messy fiance, I'm not going to say any names, but you live through it and you just have more organizations and you have more storage space to hide most everything. <laughs> if you're thinking about downsizing or getting rid of things, remember everything should bring you joy, but you should also be super realistic. This is longtime friend of the show and personal friend of whom I am a huge fan. This is Lori Dennis. I'm here today and I'm meeting with a group of designers, architects, stagers, decorators, and we're having a conversation about the Marie Kondo organization trend. 
And immediately what popped in my mind is that I would like everyone in the design community to take, and this includes the customers, the bookshelf oath. And you're thinking, what is the bookshelf oath? The bookshelf oath is an oath stating that you will never again purchase a bookshelf with the sole intent of filling it up with a bunch of useless, meaningless tchotchkes and accessories that are probably flown in from other countries who potentially use slave labor to make these things, which have absolutely no meaning to you in your life and do nothing but fill up a space with a personality that is entirely not your own. It is the antithesis of good design, is the antithesis of the, the Marie Kondo movement and where you which I celebrate the fact of having something you love, whether it's a lot of things you love or a few things you love, really having things in your spaces that impact your life in a meaningful way. And I have had to do this in my career, not with a gun to my head, but at the, at the behest of my clients. Um, and it has always made me feel uncomfortable. And today I'm going to do just what I said and just what I'm thinking and take that oath and, and I'm going to put my foot down and it's never going to happen again. And I invite you to join my movement. So this is a process of e editing prior to purchase. So this, what you're, what you're suggesting is really a, a whereas the, the, the theory now with Marie Kondo is go through what you have and edit it down. Your suggestion is edit it in your mind before you ever purchase it. Absolutely correct. People get so inspired by these images that they see on Instagram of these perfectly styled bookcases. And hey, I'm all for it. I'll style up your bookcase any day of the week. But let's do it with things that you A, either already have or B, really potentially need in your life. Things that are, that are going to add value and purpose and joy you know, in the words of Marie, but I literally got fired from a project. We were completely finished with it, mind you, and we had been paid all of our fees, but the very last step was the accessorizing of this project. And I continued to have a conversation with the clients who were off in one of their other homes, whereby I said, hey, what kind of things do you like? What kind of books do you read? What are you into? Would not answer me, and when they came home, of course, I had not, you know, procured all of these fake accessories that they wanted and they fired me from the job that I was already, already finished with and proceeded to go out and buy a whole bunch of crap on Melrose and Beverly Boulevard and, and fill up their shelves. So um, I just found that really funny and ironic and you know my feelings weren't hurt or anything. They really wanted these accessories. They were so important to them but I think most people would be willing to invest a few minutes of thought into decorating these spaces with things that actually you know matter. Another one who I am uh, very proud to call my friend. This is Ava Sobeski. And I asked my staff, like, how, when's the last time anybody opened any of these books? And uh, the, the most recent one was about five years ago. So that is a little bit of a, an interesting thought that we should uh, consider. And it led us to sort of a bigger discussion. So what it is that we need and want around us in the office. We all like looking at the books, so that's, that's a given but uh, maybe it's not something we really need anymore uh, because we look at this information differently in other places. Um, and it also led us sort of to the bigger discussion. So what, it is, what, what is it that we want to do in our design? How much stuff, how much room do we want to uh, accommodate? And what we kind of came up with is that our design should be maybe more like a glove and not like a bag. That was actually somebody in my, in my office who, 
Lisa who came up with that and I love that analogy. Um, we want to understand what the client is about, what their life is about, and we want to maybe guide him and steer him in the right direction without changing the client. Um, so, so we decided in our design we want to make the client's lifestyle work. We want to provide a great framework to um, accommodate the things, our daily things and our, our, our pride, possessions, our collections um, in a way where uh, it, we can display and manage things properly and, and we can also live in a way that, that gives us sort of a easy clutter free life. We're still acknowledging that we all need things, things that are joyous like books or art collections, things that are necessary like papers and documents and the stuff that kids bring me home from school and the shoes at the entry. So it really, I think, needs to go throughout the design is uh, kind of coming back to the bigger sub subject, how to do storage and how to accommodate things. Um, so finding the right measure, and, the, and this is kind of where the glove comes back. It's, it's really about lifestyle and how to make that work right. Would you also say that it, it comes down to balance and proper editing? Absolutely. I mean, balance and proper editing is, is the biggest key, but I do think a design can give you the framework. If, if you have just the right amount of stuff that can be fitted properly, I think it might force you, hopefully, to do the balance and editing. Um, so if, if you have too much storage, I think it's, it's really dangerous. If you have a four-car garage, you're going to fill it. Um, so, so it is, in a way, this is where architecture is not just about building a space, but it's also a little bit bigger as a lifestyle. Um, I think we do shape and form how people actually are going to live. And, you know, we do want to keep higher goals always in mind. And uh, it, it, even though it's a very small subject of storage, it comes back to a much bigger subject of how to live and how much stuff to have and where to put it. This is Christopher Mercier. My name is Christopher Mercier. I'm the president and design principal of FER Studio. Uh, we're in an urban design and architecture office in located in Ingle, California. And we do a variety of projects from residential, commercial, retail, uh, multifamily, you name it kind of thing. Um, I want to talk today briefly about transrelational architecture, and uh, I'm going to. What that what that is 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 an architecture based on the environmental relationships that each client has specific to who they are and what they do, and so it's about creating architecture, not about making buildings and making things like that, but about creating environmental relations and what that really means in people's lives. And I'm going to give you a quick example. Uh, we worked on an urban design project here in, uh, in the city for a while. Didn't actually happen, but we worked with a developer and they had a elderly senior housing center that was going to be in the project. Uh, we were great, yeah, let's do that. And then we proposed to them, can we also do a children's daycare center? And so we said, what, what we want to do was we want to actually put the daycare center next to the senior center. And the idea was that can we take down the walls between them and create a transrelational environment between the two where we can actually get on a daily basis kids interacting with seniors, seniors that are interacting with kids and creating a basically a third program out of this condition. And the idea is that the kids' lives get enriched, the seniors get enriched, and it's a new situation. And so for us, that's kind of what transrelational architecture is about. It's about creating architecture out of that. 
And, and where would we would take that is that that's just the initial step. The real reality would be then, how do you actually take a senior center and take a, a daycare center and actually completely merge them as one idea in one building? And to us, that's where it really gets interesting because that building will take on a completely new form and a new set of environmental relations to address all the opportunities you can create where those two people can, can start to work together, can start to live together, play together, all kinds of things. Previous guest on Convo by Design, love his work. This is Joseph The first Spiro. thing that we do when we meet with a client is we discuss organizing the spaces. We talk about where spaces might go. We talk about how they are going to work when in conjunction with one another. We talk about everything having to do with organizing their stuff, organizing, uh, organizing all of the things that they have in their lives at the moment. So organization is one of the most important things that occurs. For example, we have a client that is very interested in being away from their children from a proximity standpoint. So we have their master bedroom is going to be on opposite end, on the opposite end of the house, separated by the living space. Their kids will be on the opposite end, end of the building completely. We have uh, another client, for example, that wants to be immediately next to their, uh, next to their children. They want to be, within a moment's notice, they want to be able to move very quickly over to their kids' bedrooms. And that can have a huge effect on the organization of the entire house. You also have views to contend with, right? When you're organizing the building, you need to make sure that all of the views are taking, taken advantage of that need to be taken advantage of. You want the living space to be right next to that gorgeous view, right out to, uh, right out to the ocean, and you want to, avoid having, uh, you want to avoid having the closet right there on that wall where the primary view is. So now let's talk about efficiency. So efficiency is very important in architecture. You want to be able to move about the house in a way that is not going to be exhausting, where spaces aren't going to be uh, left alone. You know, you can design a 3,000 square foot house where uh, two or three of the bedrooms or two, two or three of the spaces never get used because it's not an efficient layout. And you can design a 10,000 square foot house where every single space in the building gets used uh, because of the, the location of everything, because of where everything is. You know, let's talk about, for example, you have uh, a, uh, a living room. If you're sitting in a living room on your couch, um, you want to be able to enjoy several things. You want to be able to have that open dialogue uh, with the rest of your family. You want to be able to um, enjoy the, the view out, out the back window. You want to be able to, um, at a moment's notice, be able to uh, get up and, and go to the refrigerator, right? There are, things that, there are things that are important to people, and you want those things to be in close proximity to one another. Now, efficiency has kind of multiple meanings, right? So you have not just efficiency of move movement, but you have efficiency of light and of cooling and of heating. 
so for example, um, if you have lots of windows that make it so that you can efficiently see the view, um, it could also mean that it negatively affects your heating and cooling bill. So that kind of thing has to be taken into account. We need to make sure that we get uh, that, that um, the, the load is properly taken care of from an HVAC standpoint, um, and also uh, that things are well lit. You might have, again, lots of windows, so you need uh, fewer lights, and that might lead to a greater efficiency in electricity. Now, all of these things combined are things that we need to consider and think about when thinking about efficient and optimized new, uh, new friend of the show and loved chatting with this guy, Jeff Valentin. I, I'm very excited about the line, uh, the opportunity to develop uh, ideas and concepts that I, I have utilized for clients uh, and have been very successful. And to be able to provide that for hopefully the masses, pieces that I think are unique, pieces that I think uh, will enhance a person's life and their environment, uh, sustainable pieces. It's very important to Jeff Valenson Design that we're aware of the environment, what's happening to our environment, what we can do, the small things that we can do to improve the circumstances. Uh, the pieces are, again, they're, they're unique in that uh, I'm very excited to, to be able to present them. They're, uh, I haven't seen them anyplace else, so I think that's a good thing. And uh, the, the directive is to, with so much in, indoor-outdoor living, most of our clients uh, live that way now, uh, I think that the pieces of furniture should be able to be in flux and be able to be a part of the interior or the exterior. Not a specific, this is an outdoor table or this is an outdoor sofa. When you're opening a wall, why does it have to suggest this is the living room? Oh, there's the outdoor terrace or there's the outdoor living room. I like the idea of the flow. I like the idea of exterior furniture being as elegant and sophisticated as the interior and I think that the directive that we are using is to be able to just provide continuity that's an important thing for my uh, design philosophy too is is continuity a flow throughout a home <clears throat> can be very subliminal it doesn't need to be something that is going to hit you in the face, but I just think by developing these pieces that you can see throughout, whether you're inside or outside, that there's, there's a nice consistency of flow. Huge fan of her work. This is Linnea Schweiders of Linnea Jean Design. I think it's great. I think um, your environment informs your behavior, so if you are someone that is really busy and has a completely cluttered place, like that's kind of how you're going about life. So like, try making your bed, try putting all your stuff away and see how it like eases your mind. And it's just like a little step towards that like peace of mind that everyone's after. Um, I think that's the bigger point. It's not like the right amount of stuff or the wrong amount of stuff. It's just, you know, what's right for you and what kind of 
makes your life feel good, you know? How do you incorporate that philosophy into your design? Um, oh, I just force it on people. <laughs> um, that's just kind of how I am, like, in my life. So um, when a client has too much stuff, I'm like, let's just put this away, you know. And, and after it's done, they might, it might make them a little uncomfortable, but after it's done, they're like, oh, I really like it. So I just, I'm, I'm nice about it, but I, I do, like, you know, I'm, I'm honest with people. So would you say that that's a core position of your design philosophy is editing? Uh, yeah, 100%. I, yeah, just, it is, that's just, I think, um, there's a, there's a, like a tag word about essentialism going around right now, and, um, when you have so much stuff and you're constantly buying new, you're never taking the moment to, like, appreciate what you have. I mean, that's what meditation's about. That's what simplifying your life is about. It's like appreciating the things that you have um, in your possession and like wearing the shirt that you bought, you know, more than once, you know, it'll work with those pants and this skirt and those shoes, you know, and each time it's a new thing. And, and because everybody is so used to <clears throat> this culture of, you know, everything's new and I can just get it whenever I want, they forget to appreciate and take a moment and be like, I really love this. So now just give me a, so be thankful for the things you have and enjoy them. <laughs> it's so simple, right? It's not complicated. It's, it's just be grateful for what you have. And of course you can bring thing, new things into your life, you know, if you need them or you're willing to like let something go to bring something in um but yeah just be grateful that was Linnea Schweiders this is L2 Interiors Stephanie Lee. when we're approached with the idea of what Marie Kondo has brought into the limelight right now this idea of what sparks joy what brings you happiness let's get rid of these items let's really minimalize our life how do we as interior designers really make that happen for our clients and so when we're approached with this it's like you know i think it's individualizing this and it's not necessarily about just throw out everything i think it's about how we approach design and if the client really loves a piece i'm not going to put a piece a chair in there because it fits and it looks good i want that piece to bring my client joy everything i put in their house it's their life it's aesthetics but it also has to be really functional and so i think that's where that idea kind of crosses over into interior design and so that piece is functional. It's going to last. It's going to mean something to that client. And so when I'm accessorizing a bookcase, I want to use heirlooms. I want to use pieces that matter instead of just putting a ton of things there that are unnecessary. It's about creating an environment that not only means something, but is functional and has, has a minimalist approach, but you can have as much stuff as you want as long as it makes you happy and you aren't feeling weighed down by it. And I think that's how we should approach all interior spaces and 
really customizing that to the client. I don't think I ever really look at design as minimalist because my clients aren't minimalist. They want, they want, they want, they want. It's my idea how to control that and make it a reasonable concept. And we pick and choose and we make things that really work for the client versus giving them everything they think they want, right? And it's about what they need and what's going to function in their lives and in their homes and in their day-to-day lives. I mean, down to picking silverware or plates. It's something they use on a daily basis. So, you know, do you need 40 sets of plates or can you function on a set of eight? And do do you love these? And it's something you see every day. It's on your open shelves and your silverware. You eat with it, you touch it, you feel it every day. Is it something that you love. And so that approach to me, it's it's feeling the pieces, loving the pieces, and then integrating them into your life and your design. Do you subscribe to the, to the theory that you design complete once it's done, then you go in and you remove that one thing? Do you edit? Always. I think editing is a huge part of design and you are always editing. I mean, I could go back in a day, a week, a month, and want to tweak something, move something, fix something, change something. I think for me, design is always changing and always evolving. And that's really what makes what makes me love design. I think all these different approaches, these minimalist, maximalist, it's, it's your life at the end of the day. It's your home. It's what makes you feel comfortable. But it's always edited every time, every place. Thank you, Stephanie. So that's a wrap on this episode of Combo by Design with another uh, really interesting event from the Ornari showroom in West Hollywood, the Design Influencer Series. This was the third of the series and had some amazing talent there and had some amazing conversations. It was really great and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Ornari. Thank you, Jason Lai, Lori Dennis, Ava Sobeski, Brian Wickersham, Christopher Mercier, Joseph Spearer, Jeff Valenson, Linnea Schweiders, and Stephanie Lees wonderful afternoon. Absolutely loved it. Thank you for coming out and thank you for participating. And of equal importance, thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Without you, Convo by Design would not exist. So I greatly appreciate you downloading and subscribing to the show and listening and providing your feedback. It is amazing and I love it. Upcoming events, Convo by Design presents the Programming Lounge at the West Edge Design Fair at the end of October. We will be out at Modernism Week in, uh, in February in Palm Springs. We'll be at KBiz in Las Vegas. Uh, that's in January. And there are a ton of design-focused events and activities that are coming up that I cannot wait to share with you in 2020. As always, thank you for listening. And until next week, keep creating. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Von Dom Furniture. Their design culture is the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vondam pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest? Vondam products are simple and elegant, contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted modern durable molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique. They beg to be enjoyed. Have you seen them featured in our videos? Check out our YouTube channel and see this for yourself. You can also find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in Los Angeles, or online at vondom.com. <laughs> <laughs>